Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy. Who? I know, it's been such a long time, buddy. How are uh, you doing? I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> Hasn't been a long time for our dear listeners, because they've just been enjoying our furious timber season. They better have enjoyed it. <laughs> but we're back. Here we are. It's we're- good to see you. It is. It's, it's, good to, it's good to be here. It's Life is difficult with a four-year-old and a four-week-old. Well, but- <laughs> your choices. Yep, I know. Wrong choice. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, I've just been toiling away, fighting the good fight. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what did we watch this week? We watched the new, don't know how to explain it, (laughs) film Mandy. That's right, with Nicolas Cage. So Wikipedia describes it as an action horror. How do you feel about that? Those elements are there, but it's yes. not how I would describe it. I, I also feel like this is pretty firmly two distinct films in different acts. <laughs> like, it, it, it's a big, big shift that happens halfway through this film in the tone, the genre, everything about it. If you wanted to sum it up quickly and accurately, then saying that Mandy is a film where Nicolas Cage is not the most batshit crazy thing happening- <laughs> That gets you in. I mean, we do get some exquisite Nicolas Cage acting, though. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to come right out front and say this film is a Nicolas Cage vehicle. If if it was not him in that role, I don't think this film would work anywhere near as well as it does. Oh, I'd be okay. Yeah? Especially because, like, there's a large chunk of the film where Nicolas Cage is unsighted. Yes, and that chunk of film, for me, is the least enjoyable. Right. Yeah, but, I, okay, maybe we'll differ on this. Uh, so- Mandy is an action horror film directed by Panos Kosmatos and co-written by Kosmatos and Aaron Stewart Arn. The film stars Nicolas Cage, Andrea Riseborough, Linus Roach, Ned Dennehy, and Richard Brake. Um, it premiered at Sundance this year, and it's been smashing it as far as reviews are concerned. Although, only six on IMDb. So, I think it's clearly doing better with critics than it is with audiences. So, all right, well, let's dive into it then. I'm pretty in love with the cast, actually. Uh, Andrea Riceborough, everything I see her in, and I tend to, my memory's not great, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I know who that is, and then look at what she's I'm like, oh, yeah, I loved her in that, I loved her in that, I loved her in that. Um, I think she's awesome. Right. Just in general. I don't think I recognised her or knew her from anything, but she was very enjoyable, and she has a very distinctive look to her, which I think really helped with the film. Yeah, what else have you seen her in? Um, the last thing I saw her in would have been The Death of Stalin. Ah, right. Um, yeah, you enjoyed that earlier. This she's year. she's absolutely fantastic in Birdman. As I Bird- really need to get around to Birdman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she's just generally awesome, and I really liked her in this. Yeah. The, the cultist- Jeremiah group. Sands, the lead yeah, guy, yeah. They were all- I thought they were all really good. He was- he just did a pretty glorious off-tap- yeah. Performance, I yes, thought. Yes, yeah. I thought he was really good. Yeah. And this genuinely is probably one of my most favourite Nicolas Cage performances in years, because I do feel like he's really playing up to the Nicolas Cage persona. People have an idea in their head now of who Nicolas Cage is. And I, I love when you watch a movie like this and you sit there as an audience member going, I bet he didn't even know they were filming. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just Cage being let loose. And I love it. Because there's times where, and like, I don't actually watch many Nicolas Cage films. Well, who does Mo- anymore? Because, <laughs> like, yeah, why would you? Yeah. But you still have this, you know, we've, we've still all seen the clip of Not the Bees. Yeah. 
So you still have this idea of what Cage is is doing. Yeah. And in this film, he and the director just tap into it. Yes. That's what I don't- But that's really in the second half of the film. It is. It is. And for me, that is by far the most enjoyable. So full disclosure, I watched this movie in two separate sittings. Because when I first started watching it, I was watching it with a group of people, my wife included, and an hour into it, they all begged to turn it off. None of them enjoyed this movie a second of it. They're like, 45 minutes in, I looked around, all three of them were on their phone. They just hated this film. And I I was kind of with them. Like, I was not enjoying this film a whole lot in that first hour until you get that shift, you know, because it really starts off as a very surreal art house drama thriller, I guess you would say. And I feel like for, to enjoy that part, you really need to be someone who already enjoys art house movies. This, this is not going to turn you around on that. But then the second half, you get into that real action horror revenge schlock type thing. And that was just, it just becomes fun at that point. It's pretty glorious, I think. Yeah. Uh, that second. But it's still, it's not as, I mean, if you just explained, okay, these, these people kill this guy's partner. Yeah. And then he goes on a murder rampage. We're all we're completely familiar with that. Oh, definitely. But it's it still doesn't play out in a manner that you're used to. No, no. And this is very much a film of style as well. And I think that's what people in the room weren't enjoying. It's very lingering. You know, it brings to mind movies like, say, Solaris or 2001 Space Odyssey, where you'll get a shot that runs for 20, 30 seconds longer even. But- for me, anyway, I thought that the cinematography was gorgeous and the lighting and colour scheme. How were you? What were you thinking about that? I was I was largely into it. Um, I did wonder whether it got to a point where the use of the, the hard reds and blues were used so much that they actually kind of lost effect. Mm, interesting. Because it became, for me, watching it, that just became the norm. Yeah. And so- I guess to me, without that interest, though, this movie wouldn't work at all. Like, I, if I had just watched the, the first hour of this movie and it was not shot in an interesting way, there was not interesting style. You didn't have, for example, those small elements of animation and things that pop up. Mm. This movie would just be a complete B-grade mess for me because this is a movie of style, I think. So, without those elements, I can't see how it would have worked at all. Can I ask you- I, So, I- watched this film in a hotel room yeah. on a laptop. Yeah. Um, was, when you watched the film, was it as stunningly contrasty and dark as what I saw? Yes. It was, okay. There were elements where, for example, I think it was a scene right towards the end when Nicolas Cage confronts the, the cult leader in that room and the light is kind of glowing bright red and then dying down. When it died down, it almost went completely pitch black and- there were elements of that throughout the entire film where it was it was one of the, like when you watch early X-Files episodes and you've got to go, hang on, what is happening on the screen right now? Because it's very, very dark. Yeah, it was just like, you know, when you're watching a laptop screen, you're like, you move your eyes, you know, <laughs> yeah. one inch and all of a sudden the image has gone just completely pear-shaped. And you're like, so there were times where I was watching and I was like, uh, I don't know if I've got the screen at the right angle. Am I meant to be seeing anything else here that I'm not? Because I'm fine with, if this is what it's meant to be, it's, it's working for me. But yeah. I was like, oh- Am I doing this right? No, yeah, that is that is how it's- And I mean, for the record, watching a film in a laptop 
in a hotel room is not doing it right. But no, that, no. I mean, that we was all know, just my circumstances. We all know that the best way to watch a movie is on a phone. Oh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Ideally, on a plane. Just ask Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did see the other day someone posted that they were watching Dunkirk on their Apple Watch and were like, "How how Nolan intended." <laughs> <laughs> But um, even so, even without the going going past the color and, and shooting style, Cosmatos does still. There is still a bunch of other, you know, subtexty stuff going on. Yeah, I feel like film. I missed a lot of that. So, do you just want to give me a rundown of things you picked up? Like, I mean, for instance, when when she first encounters the cult group and she's just wandering down the road in this old Black Sabbath yeah. shirt, but the way her hair's falling, you can only see the word Sabbath as these absolute fringe religious nut jobs yeah drive past her and give her creepy eye <laughs> <laughs> and there's like I, I wonder I like you I'm like I wonder how much stuff there is in here that that if I watched this film five times yeah what did, would I pick up on well, that's the thing it is one of those very art house movies and I was admittedly not in the right frame of mind for it like I said I watched it in two sittings the first hour you know when you watch something with people that you know aren't enjoying it and it kind of takes you out of it a bit? And then the second hour I watched while trying to soothe the baby to sleep and actually gave myself a bit of motion sickness because I was walking around rocking this baby while while staring at the screen. I'm like, oh, shit. It's like watching something in a car. So I was not in the right frame of mind. And I'm sure that there are things that I missed because in my head, I'm like, if I didn't miss things, I don't know what the point of the movie is. Because like you said, the plot itself is a very generalist, revenge action plot so i feel like there has to be more to it but i i also like i i wouldn't be shocked at all if there's just stuff there that that the filmmaker is just doing to give us an experience yeah like for instance is this movie in the real world i actually there were several moments where i was like is this a dream sequence or not when when mandy is walking down the road and encounters the the van for the first time when that came up at first, I was like, is this real? Because it just cut from her reading that book to that scene. And I was like, okay, is she hallucinating now? And I guess obviously there is a lot of hallucination in this film due to, you know, the LSD and the cocaine that, that Nicolas Cage snorts yeah. pretty aggressively. <laughs> so, it's a yeah, great shot. Yeah. So, the entire film does kind of feel a little bit like a dream sequence. And, of course, she's, she's reading that book and there's plenty about the world that feels like if someone- if I showed you the cover of that book, yeah, and then you had to construct where is this story set, yeah, the world that Mandy is set in, yeah, could it's it is kind of just pinched from someone just looked at this cover of and you know those kind of fantasy covers where yeah. they just the illustrator's just gone bananas and yeah. thrown a bunch of stuff against the wall, and I lo- I actually I love those. Yeah. Those, those illustrations. Yeah, I actually thought that that's what I mean about the style of the movie. To me, it didn't feel like the real world, but it didn't feel like a fantasy world. It was very surreal. It reminded me a little bit almost of like, you know, through the bubble in Annihilation where things are normal, but they're not quite. Yeah, and yeah. It's just a little bit kind of puts you on edge. And I very much enjoyed that aspect of it. There's one of my favourite moments in the film is when Nicolas Cage's character first meets the cult leader and there's this moment of, like, holy shit, you're crazier than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just, like, on this little kind of, you know, stepping away from the film and just looking in. Yeah. It's like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that we get 
so little backstory about these characters. Yeah, no, I yeah, I don't care. No, but you just get little nuggets. Like for some reason, Nicolas Cage has a crossbow that he's nicknamed the Reaper, and it's being held with some dude who also has some magical axe. Like, and at a pinch, can construct a weapon of vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. likes of which the world hasn't seen <laughs> yeah. in centuries. And it- <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The 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 second act of this film very much reminded me of, say, Evil Dead, where it's just so gleeful and it's having fun in its violence and it's just you know wrecking mayhem for the fun of it. Yeah, there's there's scenes in it that are kind of you know du- you know double feature sort of yes. schlocky stuff and those I think they're executed like gloriously. Yes, yeah. The moment this movie really turned around for me, like I said, I didn't love the first act. And really, I feel like the film only has two acts. It doesn't follow a, a three-act structure. At the end of the first act, when Nicolas Cage breaks free after they've they've set Mandy on fire, and he's in the bathroom drinking the, the scotch and, you know, pouring it on his wounds and stuff, that for me is when I was like, this is now the movie that I thought I was going to get and that I'm starting to enjoy. Mm-hmm. When it just lingers on him for over a minute, just kind of screaming in agony and crying and screaming and doing his Nicolas Cage shtick. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Full cage, that, that was, scene. That, that was a great scene. And from then on, I really started to enjoy what I was seeing on the screen. And you just imagine the director going, all right, I'm just going to set up the camera here on a wide shot. <laughs> yeah. You just, you do you. Yeah. I'll just roll on it. <laughs> and just give me the full cage. And sure enough- that scene's awesome. Oh, there is some great- From that scene on, one of my favourite moments in this entire film, and I'm sure that it's got to come up for you too, is, you ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! <laughs> he's killing the guy. He's just screaming that at him repeatedly. Yep. Um, we get the Night King. I don't know if you know this. Do you know the guy that's got the, the tiger in the cage? Yeah. He's the Night King in Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Fun, fun fact. Typecast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoy those fantasy elements. Like when you find out that the bikers are kind of turned into demons by this LSD blend. And like, it just all adds to that style of the film, I think. And makes you wonder if the filmmakers themselves yes. had touched a bit of sour LSD. <laughs> yeah. one, one thing about the, the is it real, is this the real world, probably not yeah. sort of thing, that does detract for me the amount of worry and care you have for your main characters. Yeah, I get that. Although, I mean, we see plenty of people die. Like, Mandy gets burned alive. Yeah. So, it's reasonable to assume that Cage could be offed. But if he, like, if he's not a real like, it's like, well, yes, this, this entity that is Nicolas Cage could be offed. Mm. But what would the consequence be of that? Yeah, but I guess for me, I don't feel like you really- like, I don't feel like you're really supposed to care about the characters in this movie. This, like you said, you kind of touched on it earlier, I feel like this is a film of experience. Like, you're just supposed to experience what's happening on the screen almost as more of an art piece. And I don't think you're really supposed to feel any kind of humanity or empathy for these characters. Like, did you- I didn't even care when Mandy got burned. Like- Actually, I thought that was a really good scene. Oh, Actually, it was a great scene, um, but I, I don't- I can't say I had an emotional connection. But I'm I'm totally with you in that the film, the way it works for me is as an experience. Yeah, like this is the complete opposite of like a character piece. You know, like you see some films where there's barely any plot and 
the interest in the story is seeing the characters develop and grow. And, and this film just completely does away with that by saying these are barely even characters. This, you know, it's, it's just a fantasy set piece effectively, you know, like the entire movie may as well be an LSD trip. So I don't really care so much that I didn't feel worried for them because I didn't feel like that's why I was there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most gleeful things I've seen in a film in a long time is the chainsaw fight. Yeah. (laughs) When it's like, because it's like Cage, at that point, it's like an old platform game. He's moving up and having to face the bosses. Yes. That whole montage of fighting people actually happens very quickly. Yeah. He doesn't really enter that kind of landscape until 45 minutes until the film has to end. And he kind of- sequentially kills about four or five different people in the space of 20 minutes. And you're right, it's kind of building up these battles. And then you get to what is kind of effectively just a a sword fight, except- Chainsaws. I mean, that and moment- it's amazing. That, that moment right at the start of that where, for starters, he's got his kind of magical axe and instead he picks up this chainsaw. And then- <laughs> I was like, I was like, Nick- that's not the right choice. But that's it. We're at the point now where he's just having fun and we're having fun with him. He's just like, how gleefully and how aggressively can I kill people now? Like the shot before that is just him hurling the battle axe at that dude. And you see that silhouette of it kind of smacking in his head. And that's the moment for me where I was like, now we're in fun territory. Yeah. And when he picks up that chainsaw and he can't start it, and then you get that shot of the guy just picking up this- And it like, just keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> that, That's a great shot. Oh, that, that entire scene was pitch perfect. I could have watched an entire movie that was just a chainsaw fight between Nicolas Cage and other people, like Mortal Kombat on screen. Just- yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should be a character- in Mortal- What Mortal Kombat? They're still making Mortal Kombat. Are they? they are. I for saw what platform? I saw an ad for one not long ago. It was like Mortal Kombat 27. And I was like, they're still doing them? <laughs> yeah. Next one should be Nicolas Cage with a chainsaw. It should, it should just be like Mortal Kombat Cage Edition and every character <gasps> is Cage from different movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> like you get Wicker Man Cage. You get Chainsaw Cage. B-Man Cage. <laughs> yeah. Is that Wicker- what, what movie is that from? Is that, is I that believe, Wicker Man? I think that is Wicker Man. Okay. And then he releases the bees at you. <laughs> That's his, like, fatality move. Oh, there are some great Nicolas Cage. You get Conair Cage with his long hair and, like- his special move is to pull a bunny out of a box. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas cage just sits there and what, you just do whatever you want to him. Yeah. You don't care. Oh, mate. That'd be so good. Copyrighted. <laughs> yeah. That belongs to us. That's our thing. <laughs> Let's talk about the score for a second. Because this uh, must have been Johan Johansson's last score. Or close to. How did you feel about it? I was totally into it. I loved it. I, for me, it was one of the best elements of the film. It tied- Even when you had that shift halfway through, the score tied the whole thing together. And it had that kind of 80s synth feel, which to me is really the only reason this movie's set in the 80s. Like, there's nothing else 80s about this movie other than the colour scheme and the score. And, yeah, I loved it. You know, one thing I thought about the- Because it's set in 1983. Yeah. And at one point, there's this guy kind of just lazily playing with his- electric window it's actually a really good scene i think and i was like i swear australia didn't get electric windows until like the late 90s <laughs> yeah yeah i re- i would have been maybe 13 14 when i saw my first electric window they, i think they made their way across the pacific like <laughs> under <laughs> under steam or something 
So I guess the final question is, how much did we enjoy this movie? It sounds like most things we've said are fairly positive. Yeah, I, like all in all, I, I did enjoy it. The The experience of the film I don't think quite worked on me as it clearly has for some other people and maybe as it was intended. Yeah, that's how um, I feel as well. I, I, unlike, I do like the first half. That The experience of the first half of the film does work for me. Yeah, I saw some people say that they preferred the first yeah, half. Um, I don't love it, yeah. but, but I was- by no means was I like, oh, geez, how long has this got to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably especially, if for nothing else, the lighting nerds out there, well, the, the whole film, to be honest, yeah. is, is spectacularly shot. Yes. Because they've just been given license <laughs> to just go for it with the lighting of the film. Yeah. And I was really pretty in love with it from that point of view. Um, but, yeah, like I'm- I'm a six out of ten for the film. Yeah, it's a positive experience for me. I enjoyed it, um, but yeah, not not all the way. Like clearly, some people are. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm a six, and uh, it was definitely closer to a seven than a five. I'd never considered a five, um, and there are some things like we've said that are really great. There's, the whole look of the film is gorgeous, but yeah, the the experience didn't work for me as well as it has for others. I mm. guess I'd be interested to to watch it again actually, and just. Not try and analyse it, not try and make sense of it. Just be like, okay, I'm just going to let this thing happen to me. Yeah. One thing I love is when when filmmakers are just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. I I love films that are like, I'm gonna give you an experience. Yes. Um, yeah. f- for that to happen, sometimes it's got to not completely work. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely. I'm all for it happening. Full stop. Yeah. I think as far as I'm concerned, I think. Uh- if you're looking at this kind of surreal horror-ish thing, I think Killing of a Sacred Deer worked better for me as a film, um, but I still very much enjoyed this. So, it's been super fun catching up with you again, buddy. It's been ages. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you look like. Yeah, this is me. Yeah, I need a haircut and I haven't showered in days and I'm covered in spew, but this is me. <laughs> Some of it, your child. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> and- uh yeah, so during September, obviously, we had Furious Timber. We didn't really miss much during September except for The Predator. We're going to record a little bonus episode on, like, what else we've seen this month and stuff for the Patreons. But can you tell me a little bit about Predator? So, I liked The Predator more than most of the world, I think. Interesting, because I haven't got a chance to get to it yet, which is why we're not going to do a full episode on it. Yeah. But most feedback I heard was extremely negative. Yeah, so I'm like, I, pr- I think I gave it a 5 out of 10. It was it was okay. middling for me. Like, it's- it's not a good film. Yeah. But I did have fun with it. Okay. Like, I find sitting there watching Shane Black dialogue on the screen, yeah. for me, enjoyable. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a bunch about it that is that is genuinely bad. Yeah. For instance, Predator Dogs. Does, oh, does my it, God. Does it lean, like, more towards comedy than maybe some of the others, given it is Shane Black? Yes. Okay. But not bordering on parody territory, is it? It, it, it's not into parody, but it is consciously having fun with the franchise. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes that actually goes a bit too far. Is is it a sequel or is it a reboot? It's a, it's a sequel. Okay. And does it take into account AVP? I don't, no, I don't think it does, and nor should it. Oh, really? You don't think that would have been cool? No. Yeah, let's get an alien going in there. No. AVP was the worst thing to happen to the world- and then, and then AVP 2 happened. I, yeah. I'm not saying AVP is good, but I am saying I like the idea of those universes crossing over, and I think it could be done in a good way. Oh, I love the idea of it. Yeah. But 
I've been burned twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I should I see it? Are you recommending I should see it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's personally I had fun, but that's distinct from is it very good? Yeah. Okay. Because no, it's not. <laughs> Beth said that the Predator makes Suicide Squad look good. I heard her say that. And I was like, I beg your pardon. But I can't trust Beth on anything after she liked Tokyo Drift. Never trust Beth. No, she's the worst. She gave John Carter a zero and she loves Tokyo Drift. She has no idea what she's talking about. We should never have her on this show again. She's been into some sour LSD, that yeah. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's going to join a bikey gang and kidnap Mandy. All right. Well, I guess that's it from us. Good to be back, Billy. It is good to be back. What are we going to do next week? Next week, we're going to space. What are we doing in space? We're going to the moon. Is that next week? I thought Venom was next week and First Man's the week after. What's the date? (laughs) Yeah, next week is Venom. Okay. Yeah. Well, it comes from space. Okay, yeah. So, Venom next week, then First Man. Have you seen a trailer for Venom? No. Okay. (laughs) Is is it not good? I don't know. Do Do you want my- I want expectation. Yeah, I want your expectation. It looks terrible. So it looks terrible. <laughs> so this is not related to the MCU or even to um, the Amazing Spider-Man films. This is just a standalone. Not film. Amazing Spider-Man, but I mean, we haven't seen it yet. But I think that the suspicion is that it is related to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Is that right. in this in the universe that Venom exists in? Tom that Holland is, is Spider-Man. Okay, that's what I've heard. Interesting. Very, very we'll interesting. we'll find out. Okay. Well, let's look forward to that. In the meantime, if you want to get- I'm not in- looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or at wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support us, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing and go watch a movie. Happy movie watching, everyone. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew. It's, uh, this is a, this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> And if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favourite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. Yeah. Well, it comes from space. It does come from space. (laughs) Nah, just leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not having the conversation again. You can't edit around this.